Happy Friday, everyone. It's 6 o'clock. It's MutinyRadio.fm. It's time for happy hour. The happiest of happy hours with no alcohol. So lamenting the ABC. Still, yep, um, next Tuesday I get to go to my class for four hours and learn all about alcohol laws in San Francisco. Wow. Learning is fun. Thanks for not giving me a $4,000 fine, ABC. Really appreciate it. Uh, big big ups to Community Court lead program for being cool in San Francisco. Uh, you guys are listening to Asada Messiah in the fills here at Happy Hour. Uh, just a note for the comics. We're going to do sets tonight. I, we're gonna, I don't know how long they're going to be. We don't have a long list, so I'll let people go a little extra. But when you hear the horn, that means you got a minute. It means wrap it up. It doesn't mean run off stage. It means you have a minute. Wrap it up. I like the horn because it's on the radio, and then we can tell when you're running the light. And isn't that nice to learn as a comedian timing and how long a minute actually is? That's great. Your first comedian knows exactly how long a minute is. She's a hilarious woman that I really want to book more at Mutiny Radio, but she works so hard and does so much stuff, I just can't even, I just can't even get her. Uh, but she's hilarious. She's going to do her jokes for you right now. Put your hands together, everyone, for Elizabeth Mansfield! Thank you, one person who clapped. Are we on? Yeah. It's on? Okay, cool. Um, hey, guys, I'm Elizabeth. Um, I'm going to be trying out some new stuff today, so get excited. So I'm in a new relationship. Um, I've been thinking a lot about kind of new relationship milestones. There's like the first time Pam's climbing through a window. It's really hard to tell a joke about kissing people when Pam's climbing through. You've got a great ass, Pam. You're welcome. Um, I just wanted to make that visual for those listening. Um, so yeah, like in a new relationship, there's like the first time you kiss and there's the first time you say like, I love you. And then you have like the determining the relationship talk. Like, are we boyfriend, girlfriend? Is this exclusive? What is that? Like really you're just trying to figure out if you have to use condoms or not. I have that conversation a lot. And then there's the relationship milestone that's like the first time neither one of you wants to have sex and it's a little awkward. I've heard that happens, but I like to break up with people before I get there. Um, so I have been traveling a lot, as Pam said. I travel a lot for my day job. And I just went to Japan. Has anybody here been to Japan? Okay, you guys, I'm gonna tell you the best thing about Japan. In Japanese culture, when you meet somebody for the first time, you say konnichiwa, which means hello. And then the next thing you say is hajime mashite, which kind of means like nice to meet you. But if you look deeper into the translation, it really roughly translates to please like me. I love, this is just like a perfectly acceptable cultural thing to say. Just like nice to meet you. Please be nice to me. Please like me. Why do we not have this in our culture? Like, do you know how many different life decisions I would make if I had Hajime Mashite in my life? I never would have joined a sorority. I would have just asked for friends. What is the other thing? Oh, right. I would definitely not have gone through my ska phase. I was just trying to get guys to like me. I went to like four Warped tours because I had a crush on this dude. I wore Vans, the puka shell necklace, the whole thing. Like, all of my first sexual experiences were because I didn't have Hajime Mashite. I never would have given Justin Farkas a hand job in my friend Becca's basement in seventh grade. I just would have been like, Hajime Mashite, Justin. And then give him a hand job because I wanted to. 
He was a senior, you guys. <laughs> he deserved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, how do you mean I feel like we could like solve teen pregnancy if people just started using how do you mean machete. Um, okay, here we go on this one. So I was on a plane the other day and I was flying back from Japan and somebody farted on the plane. And you know when someone farts on the plane, you want everyone to know that it wasn't you, but you noticed it. So you make that face that's like, Ugh. but like there's a very fine line between the face you make when it wasn't you and the face you make when actually the fart was you, but you don't want people to think it was you, so you make it face like it wasn't you. But then if it actually wasn't you, it's kind of still the same face. So it very well could be you. So I'm trying to find the nuances between how I just, I'm like, I got really distracted by the guy's beer and the whole situation over there. So anyway, I'm a distracted comic. Um, I don't have a punchline for that, but it, it's funny. I'm going to figure that out. <laughs> this is what open mics are for. Um, okay, so I said I'm in a new relationship. Um, this guy that I'm dating is great. He's super nice. He's very respectful. He's like a feminist. He's awesome. He is a total nerd, though, which I have a problem with. Like, I know I'm dressed like a strung-out soccer mom right now, but actually I'm pretty cool. Um, <laughs> normally. <laughs> um, I'm on my period, so, like, the prospect of putting on, like, an outfit today was just, like, too much for me. Anyway, um, so this guy is super nerd. Like, I asked him what he wanted for his birthday, and he was like, oh, I'd really love a new laser. N yeah, not a laser, a new laser. Like, this is someone who owns multiple lasers. <laughs> And like he doesn't care about how he looks at all. Like he just he wears like nerdy clothes. He's just like a nerdy engineer guy. And when we go out, like I put a lot of effort into it. I like to wear like outfits and look cute. So sometimes when we leave restaurants together, I just pretend like he's my Uber driver. <laughs> I like get my phone. I'm like, oh, are you looking for Elizabeth? Oh, I'll be there. Okay. And then I just like follow him out. <laughs> he loves that. Um, but I do, I like being with him. I think it's because I'm getting older. Um, I'm going to be 36 in a few months. <laughs> I know. People tell me I look younger than I am. And they're right. Because I'm moisturized. But um, he, what was I going to say? Oh, because, yeah, when I was younger, like, I always wanted to go for guys that were, like, super sexy, like, exciting, like, kind of dangerous. But now, like, show me a dad bod and a solid 401k. You guys, I will show you a pair of wet, sensible, full-coverage briefs. Because that's what I'm wearing right now. Um, I'm working really hard, now that I'm getting older, um, I'm working hard on being body positive. Everybody is beautiful, but skinny ones are better. And I go to the gym a lot. Um, but you guys, don't you think I look amazing for somebody who has two kids? Thank you. I don't have any kids. I'm Elizabeth. Thank you guys so much. Elizabeth Mansfield has body dysmorphia because she's super hot. Yay! Yay! You can't see on the radio, but I'm sure she gets catcalled all the time so that she knows she's pretty when she's walking through the financial district. I'm sure. They're <laughs> by lasers. Oh, wow. Is that a laser in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? 
If, if a man's going to have a laser, it better be the kind that lasers off my hair. Am I right? Because my hair skirt would never attract. I'm so lucky I've been in a solid relationship for four years because my hair skirt would never be able to get a guy again. I, have, I am a very hairy, bushy woman. Yeah, I was born in the 70s. There's a reason why it's called 70s Bush. It's on 70-year-old woman and me. Your next comedian, he's new to the room. That means... Clap wildly. Everybody, Avery Harmon! Can I move this? Can I move this so I can sit down? Sure. Yeah, I want a couple jokes. I like to sit down. So I can give you all the visual of what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, shit. This motherfucker heavy, is I can't, I can't guarantee the stability of that stool. Oh, shit. <laughs> we have liability insurance. Don't worry. Oh, <laughs> all right. What's going on, y'all? Can I get another applause, please? All right. Got a little mishap. Yeah, man, I'm liking, uh, I'm liking the Bay Area. My man, come on up front. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, have a nice day. Uh, I like the Bay Area. I, I really like it. I'm from Chicago. I got here about, ooh. I got here about a month ago. First time I got here, I like to keep my hair cut. Went to the hair, whatever the fuck they want to call it. Went to get my hair cut. This dude completely annihilated my head. Just to give you a visual, one side of my line was in San Francisco. The other side of my line, San Jose. <laughs> you can see the difference. So by the third or fourth time I'm going to him, I already know what lies ahead of me. Like, I know he about to tell my shit up. So I'm getting ready for it. I get in the chair. He like, yo, man, you did a, you got a two last time. What you want this time? A two is leave a light at the top, kind of trim the sides. I said, uh... Can I see the mirror? He gave me the mirror. Now, the reason why I'm looking in this mirror, I'm telling you, I'm trying to think of the simplest task to get him so he don't tear my shit up. I said, we did a two last time. He said, yeah, we did a two. I said, uh, you know what, man? Just go ahead and fuck my shit up, dog. <laughs> no, you got it. Go, go ahead. Just, I shouldn't have even said anything because you're just going to do it anyway. One thing I noticed about um, Chicago and the Bay Area is the difference. Y'all don't have a lot of cops like on the highway. In Chicago, we got like undercover cops, like you know, like a lot of cops are on the highway. I can't stand cops. I hope you kind of dress like a cop, an undercover cop. They usually wear those. They usually no, I was just fucking with you. <laughs> That's a nice hairstyle. I like that. But I can't stand cops, man. <laughs> I really can't stand cops because uh, they just they just do too much. That's why I like to get over on them, like. When they already got somebody pulled over, I can be in like two opposite lanes. I see them up there. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> you deserve that. Cut that joke out of there. Yeah. Just leave that over there. <laughs> like I was telling my man, I work at a school. You know, when you work at a school, you get a lot of benefits. You know what I mean? My favorite benefit is the dental plan. I like to keep my shit clean. But I hate going to the dentist because dentists are never satisfied. Like, they're never satisfied with, with how you come in there with your teeth. And my dentist in Chicago was so insulting. You know what I mean? Like, the first time you walk in, they got a video of a monkey flossing his teeth. And then in big words, it just come up like, even a monkey can do it. And I'm like, that's some bullshit. Like, come on. Come on, like, come on now. So, then they proceed to take you in the back, and they always ask you the same question. How often have you been flossing? 
How often have you been flossing? And then they take these sharp ass utensils, just stabbing your shit. <laughs> yeah, you see that blood? It's because you're not flossing, okay? <laughs> you have to floss. And you're just like, okay. I kind of floss every day. <laughs> like, damn. I really hate dentists, like, I got fucked up teeth. Like, come on now. <laughs> now, you can't. <laughs> You can't be a dentist and have fucked up teeth. That's like having a fat personal trainer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like, run two sprints. Hey, come on back. <laughs> like, you need to do this more than me. <laughs> what is really going on? One thing I noticed in the Bay Area, like, black people don't know how to take compliments. You know what I mean? Like, if I tell a white guy a compliment, yo, that's a nice shirt. You're going to go, oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Black dude, I don't know what the hell going on out here. <laughs> Black dude, he's not even going to tell you thank you. He's just going to look down at what you gave him a compliment on. Like, hey, man, those some nice shoes, man. All these motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm like, you bought them. You know exactly which ones I'm talking about. What's wrong with you? Damn. Come on in, man. I got one more joke for you. Come on, where you going? Fuck <laughs> yeah. I got, uh, oh. California, motherfucking California. I'm gonna tell you another difference. The homeless people, from Chicago to California, the homeless people, two different type of homeless people. Chicago homeless people mean as hell. If a homeless person asks you for something in Chicago and you say no, they go, well, fuck you then, nigga. I don't want your shit anyway. That's what they'll really tell you. Not in the Bay Area. Bay Area homeless people gonna reason with you. I'm telling you, they gonna make, <laughs> they gonna make you think about some shit. I'm telling you, I was at this outside restaurant Outside restaurant, his homeless man come up to my table, like, like fuck your dinner, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm just looking, he's he like, hey, you, you think you can help me out? You know, help me out? That's how he was talking, like, you think you can help me out? I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, what, what you want? He's like, uh, anything help, anything, anything help, anything. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I ain't really got shit. Oh, when the waitress come back, I could just have her refill you some of this ice cold water. He kind of looked at me, it's just like, I can get water from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it. My name is Avery Harmon. <laughs> Avery Harmon, new Chicago guy. So very, very funny. Yay! And then yay! Come back again and again. So glad that you came down to Mutiny Radio. Hey, um, about, the, about the fat trainer, that was a really funny joke. I don't know if anyone's seen the show Fit to Fat to Fit, but boy, if you like watching fat people get skinny, it makes me cry so hard every time. But it's a trainer that purposely gets fat for four months, and then they lose the weight with the fat person. It is amazing. So they destroy their body for like four months to gain 80 pounds, and then they lose it with their fat person. And the fat person at the end is always crying like, they did this for me. They destroyed their liver and their kidneys for me. Mm. Just, yeah, just, and then they put them on TV. It fit to fat to fit. It is a, if, if you like the biggest loser, boy, will you like fit to fat. If you like to burn time watching people get thin, that's, I had, used to have an eating disorder, so I just love those shows like crazy. I'm like, oh, look at them get skinny, and then I eat while they're getting skinny. Your next comedian, what a cute little pixie drink of water she is. She hates that I just talked about her appearance because she's also incredibly intelligent and very, very funny. Uh, everybody, put your hands together for Trina Rodriguez. 
Thank you. Actually, I hate intelligence more. That one bugs me more, yeah. Because it's usually used as an excuse to steal my intellectual property. <laughs> right, because it doesn't mean anything to me because I'm so smart. I just poop it. I poop it out. No work. Oh, hey, guess what? Seriously though, you guys. Okay, wait, before I get started, I feel like I'm a lawyer so I need to make a record. And I just wanted to let everybody know that I was sitting immediately in front of the guy with the beer who Pam approached appropriately, asked to remove the beer. He removed the beer, which I could see because he was sitting immediately behind me. He not only brought, took it out of the building, walked it across the street. I could also see that because I'm sitting in sight line of the door. And uh, Pam was in all ways appropriate at every moment in that, in that interaction. And the beer was immediately transported out of the building. So there's your record, Pam. I finally, this week, got around to getting, read I'm 48, uh, I got around to getting reading glasses this week. Turns out, I'm not hot. This whole time, I just needed glasses. This whole time! I'd been putting that shit off. So, there you have it. Not hot this whole time. Oh, I'm also hilarious in French. Uh, well, here's the thing. I grew up in Southern California, which is right in between Palm Springs and LA. Palm Springs is the desert. I worked out in the desert with drive, one of my favorite drives in the US. Um, that translates in French as, I was born in the desert. And so I'm an Airbnb host, and I was trying to explain to my guests that I, I know how to keep it cool in here, because I have all this desert experience from college, and they can't, that came out as, I was born in the desert, right? And so they're looking at each other like, what? So I was like, yeah, you know, the Sahara. Like, that makes it better. Desert. I was like, well, what's the French word for desert? Because I, I was using desert. Je suis né dans le désert. Je suis né dans le désert, right? I thought desert was the same word in French and English, so I looked it up, and sure enough, it is. They just didn't believe me because I'm standing there saying to them, I was born in the desert, and they're like, what the F is this bitch talking about? Ah, so, um... So I, uh, I was talking to a comic last week about like how your jokes, you can't really, you write jokes and then you're not gonna keep them, that's what they say. And I say bullshit, I break the rules because I'm a rule breaker, that's what I do. And I'm here to prove to you that the shit that I was doing months and months ago is still topical, okay? Uh-huh, so let me just preface, let me set this up. I'm, I am personally super, super freaked out about internet security. That's, that scares me, right? Uh, every, we all are. More and more hackers. Our passwords have to get longer and longer. I think I'm going to probably copy my DNA sequence as my password. That's probably what I'm going to go with is my DNA sequence. Um, so, uh, so on one hand, I get why Hillary was upset about or concerned about her emails. That part I get. What I don't get is how she didn't have a guy. Like, how does the secretary not have a guy that they can call? Like, and how does the secretary of state who's interviewing for the job of being the boss of all the guys not have a guy she can call? 
That doesn't make any sense. I mean, I'm like, I get how stupid it is, but that's the problem is how stupid it is. Right? And actually, in my mind, the real problem is the fact that, uh, well, uh, the dump. So how does somebody who's been in office and who's been exposed to being in office as long as she has not know you can't delete a shit ton of emails? You just can't do it. I'm not deleting any of my shit. So you, how do you not know at that level of the game that you just don't put shit in email that you don't want to keep forever? You're, all your shit's going to be... I'm in, okay, sorry. I'm, obs- I'm getting upset because I have a master's in history and everything every political figure does is documented to every shit that they take to the extent that they can documented exactly so that was a choice that was made after the quote-unquote mistake so how anyway okay I'm getting upset again again that's my master's in history like ah anyway okay so uh, so one of the things I like to do is, um, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to, I promise, I, this is not stealing. I don't want to steal. I'm going to credit somebody else. This is not my joke. It's just a joke that I really like and have wanted to tag for a really long time. And I've heard, and I agree with this, um, I've heard Hillary be compared to uh, oatmeal cookie. And I think that's right because... Uh, as an attorney, as a trial attorney, one of the things I do is assess likability, right? I'm a very professional likability assessor. And I feel like, like a chocolate chip cookie, the only way for Hillary to make herself likable at this point is to add raisins, right? Because the, if we found out that Hillary was on the DL with a black dude this whole time, super likable. I would love her if it was exposed that she was a fucking a black guy this whole time. Imagine her and Colin Powell on the DL. Wouldn't you love her? I would love her. She would be my new fave. Anyway, I tried that. It doesn't make me likable. I'm still not likable, even if... Anyway, you guys have a good weekend. Serena Roderick, I'm assessing her likability, and I like her very much. Uh, I would like you to assess my likability sometimes. I feel like that I might be uh, out of the out of the way. I, I actually believe that um, Hillary Clinton's been a lesbian all this time, and she just needed to come out. That's the whole thing with the, you know, that was why she liked Bill Clinton so much. She's like, you know, you fuck your girls, and then I'll fuck them after you fuck them over. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it's going to work. You know, the family that fucks together. Has a state has a really big dry cleaning bill. Your next comedian, what a funny young man this is. Put your hands together, everybody, for Arjun Banerjee. I don't know, if fucking a black dude. I mean, I already just genuinely like Hillary Clinton as a person. Like, I know that's not a pop. My moment when I decided I like, like, I went from being like okay to genuinely liking Hillary is when she said out loud, Pokemon Go, I wish they'd make Pokemon Go to the polls and vote. (laughs) Because everybody hates Hillary for being like this cold calculating politician, but no cold calculating politician would ever say something that obviously stupid, okay? 
Pokemon. You could have just said Pokemon Go vote or Pokemon Go to the polls. We know what we're doing at the polls, Hillary. So yeah, she wasn't a criminal mastermind. And she, yeah, did she kill Seth Rich? No, I killed Seth Rich out of love for Hillary. So we've all fixed, figured that out, by the way. I, did, I didn't, I didn't. Uh, ooh, what if I get doxxed? That's a new thing. I just really, I, I just really like Hillary, and I'm like bummed that she's not president. You guys ever realize that it's weird that, never mind, I don't, I don't have any jokes about that, but I do have this one. I am a child of immigrants, so I'm going to give you guys the inside scoop on how immigrants steal all your jobs. There's a lot of people who are, uh, people, you too, how immigrants steal, are any of you guys immigrants? Child of immigrants? I don't know, where are you from? You're from Chicago, where are your parents from? Uh, also America? Okay, then this is good for, this applies to you. Okay. okay. Child of immigrants. This is how immigrants steal all your jobs, okay? Step one, we submit a resume. Right? Get it? <laughs> it's pretty funny, usually. I feel like maybe I should do less setup for it. It's been, it's been a pretty consistent joke, so you know what? You guys are wrong. That joke's good, though. Um, I am an environmentalist, though. I do believe that we should do whatever we can to, like, help the planet. And I've actually recently learned that one of the biggest things you can do uh, to fight climate change is to stop eating meat. And so after that, guys, I have recently become a hypocrite. Uh, like, you want me to change my diet a little? I would rather watch every polar bear drown. Yeah, well, stop eating meat if that makes you sad. Um, I know, I'm not going to either. The government needs to steal the meat from me. That's my new solution. They need to tax it so I don't buy it. Anyway. I do not trust myself. That's why I'm like, okay, obviously I support the full legalization of all drugs. But at the same time, you, you guys not on board with that? Y'all like the cartel being funded? Dude, you know where all the cartel gets all their money to rape and kill entire Mexican towns? Buying and selling heroin. A hundred percent. Anyway, sorry. Drugs! Well, that too. Not really. Drugs are bad. Don't do heroin. <laughs> like, don't ever do it. Never touch it. Never try it. But, it, you know, it, you should be allowed to. Anyway, here's my big political statement, guys. I've been a bit of a ranty mode. I sometimes I didn't get in enough arguments on the internet today, so now I'm telling you my opinions instead of my jokes. <laughs> but here's an opinion. Here's a real fucking doozy, guys. It's a question. It'll really boggle your mind, guys. Why is it Alvin and the Chipmunks when Alvin is also a chipmunk? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Capitalism. <laughs> Theo and Simon will bring him down. Um, no, no. I, uh, uh, what else do I? I don't. I don't watch Game of Thrones uh, because, like, Aww. if no, but like, if your fantasy world is entirely white, I know what kind of world you're fantasizing about. <laughs> Like, oh, what about the slaves and the people who own the slaves? Like, that's my point. Um, uh, I, I, I've, I noticed that all the people of color are doing the same thing. It's like, 
And then they're like, what if we made a show if slavery still existed? I don't know, but we already know what it, never mind. Um, they're doing, Amazon's doing a super. What about the guys with no dicks? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> oh, what? You mean establishment Republicans? Oh, shit. Oh, you see how Pelosi fucking cucked them? That was so cool, dude. Pelosi's such a boss ass bitch. I fucking love all the. I love all the congressional and senate women from California. They're all amazing, except for I think I can't think of one. But anyway, um, was that the was that the light? No, I was just shots fired. Oh hell yeah, dude! I'm never getting the light. I'm gonna live forever, do comedy forever. As long as I am on this stage, I will live forever. So if you give me the light, you will effectively be killing me. Um, so I'm sorry. To the rest of you who were like, oh, I'll go to an open mic and get time. Nah. Arjun's here for eternity. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. I'm not running the light, dude. I fucking respect the shit out of you people. That, yeah, I meant it that way. Um, what else? Do I have other jokes? Did I tell any jokes? Yeah, I told the environmentalist one. That was funny. Oh, here's one. This, one, this one's real quick. I, I tweeted it, that's how quick it is. I, uh, millennials are getting married less, and I actually think it's because we are the first generation that can Google statistics about marriage. Like, we can go on the internet, type in marriage, and be like, oh, this doesn't work. Um, <laughs> It's true, marriage doesn't work. I was married, and from my first marriage, I got my first STD, and that is sexually transmitted debt. That's all you get when you get married. That's it. Uh, really, the only reason to get married is if you both have money, and uh, since my boyfriend and I love each other desperately because we're poor, we just, uh, we're never getting married because we don't have anything to share. Uh, and then, I don't know, I don't know how, when two people aren't paying taxes, what happens? The government comes after you together now. It's too, that's just like, that's not a good idea. Uh, Nick isn't here yet. I didn't see her come in the door. We'll just keep moving on down the list. Uh, I saw your next comic just walk in. You guys are going to love him. Everybody put your hands together for Bryce Dresden. Thank you. Uh, I just got a new job. I, I, I switched jobs. And uh, my previous job, it's hard to go from a job where you could swear to a job where you can't swear. Right? Like, particularly because, like, the job that you can't swear in, like, 99% of the time, it's going to be shittier than the job that you could swear in. So you're going to want to swear even more at the new one, and, like, I'm not saying, swearing doesn't make you cool, right? And you could be a cool person and not swear, but if you're, like, genuinely offended by the occasional fuck or shit, like, you are a boring, boring person. You are, you are deep, you have, you don't have much fun, right? Like, you're the type of person that, like, likes to go to a Japanese garden multiple times a month. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, man, an office. I mean, when you go to, go to a new job, all I hear is people talking about, like, uh, food and the weather. 
those are just the topics of death. <laughs> where if you find yourself spending, you know, more than 50% of your, your, your spoken words about food or weather, like, you gotta, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and be like, I gotta make a change. Like, that's some, like... And, you know, they're not actually talking about food and the weather, right? It's all, like, it's all like code for, like, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, it's Scott's birthday, we're getting cake. Right? Like, what they're really saying is, like, you know, there's a huge spiritual void in my life that I'm trying to fill with refined flour. And the cake, so the cakes they have is always the worst fucking cake. It is like Safeway cake. Like if you're eating Safeway cake, you gotta like reassess the reasons you're eating, right? I mean that shit does not taste good at all. I mean that shit is bad. Or like weather, Jesus Christ. First of all, if you work in an office, stop talking about the weather, right? Like like seriously, I get like. <laughs> Oh, you got to walk outside like, you know, from your building to the fucking whatever, cafeteria. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe. Yeah, if you're working in the fields, you get to talk about weather. If you're working in an office, you know, like, it's like, oh God, you know, that heat wave. Like, what you're really saying is like, uh, I'm trapped in a loveless marriage and I never talk about anything interesting. And my, like, you know, I'm just stuck, stuck. Uh, hey guys, don't judge me, but uh, my new job, it's, it's in the financial industry. Oh, judge me. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, like I previously worked at like a newspaper and then uh, I didn't seek, I feel like I have to explain myself. I didn't seek out this job. They found me. They found me on LinkedIn and they offered it. I don't know if that makes it better. I feel it makes it somewhat better. And I was like, um, well, I didn't have a job, man. I, I was like, I uh, didn't have a job for like six months. Um, what'd you say? I was just going to say, just be born rich, man. Just be, well, I, I, I was living with my parents. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm from Palo Alto. So, like, you nailed it, yeah. sort of. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was living with my parents. And uh, anyway, so I got the finan- financial industry. I don't actually do anything with the stocks or anything. I just, I like, I edit what they write. I like edits. It's it's so much easy. It's disgusting. Like it's disgusting how much more I get paid than when I was like a newspaper reporter, and like how much less work I have to do. It's just it, it like yeah. It's like, it's like dude, this is fucked up. This is just fucking society is messed up. We got uh, they don't do anything. Don't st- like you start reading about it about the financial and just anyway whatever. Um, but, you know, say what you will about uh, finance, uh, stockbrokers, mutual fund advisors. Say what you will about them. You cannot deny that they have the best shit-eating grins out of anybody. The number one shit-eating grin. They're so good at the shit-eating grin, like, they seriously got it. They must practice them, right? Like, 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 like when they're, they're getting training, right? You know, they're getting training. They, they're, they're a lot of these guys, they're just glorified salespeople, right? You got to convince your fucking clients, buy the stock, buy this mutual fund. And you got to have that shit-eating grin. Shit-eating grins do not come natural. They, they just don't. They just don't. Like, so, like, during training, I imagine, like, like part of their thing, like, for the really high-level firms, like, they got to actually, they make them eat shit and then, like, grin, 
right? And they, they do that over and over again, and um, pretty soon it, it doesn't become muscle memory. It's more like taste memory, right? Where they can just like conjure the taste of shit, and then they, they smile. And that's, that's how you get it. Um, I think uh, banks, finance, that's like the top of the shit-eating grin pyramid, uh, followed by like real estate agents, and, uh, and then uh, people who uh, own upscale stores that sell really expensive shit to rich people. That's, that, that's another great shit-eating grin. Uh, you get, like, none of the shit you need, like, for these stores, like, you just jack up the price, like, this stuff's not even high quality, like, it's just, like, you get to jack up the price because, like, what it is, it's like an experience, there's, there's not all rich people are like this. There's good, bad people in all, rich, poor, middle class, but there's some rich people that, like, they, they just like the experience of, like, feeling rich. Like, that's what they really dig. And so, like, you get these stores, you just jack up the price because they walk into the store. The quality of the stuff, that's not even, like, what they're really, that's not what they get off on, you know? They don't really know this. It's so deeply embedded in their brain. But what they get off on is going to a store where shit is expensive, and they know. It's like, the only reason I can be here is because I'm rich. I got a lot of fucking money. And, like, and the people who own these stores, you know, they're so fucking vapid. I mean, you don't do the passion. You know, it's like, no, no, one, no one has a passion to open the store. It's like, you're like, hi, welcome, welcome to my store. Uh, uncomfortable furniture that's expensive. Uh, I just have a passion for helping... Wealthy, uh, temporarily, oh, for, I just have a passion for helping the uh, wealthy temporarily fill the void left by the gaping hole in their spirit because of the lack of genuine uh, human interaction they have with people. Uh, so yeah, so all right. Let's go. Uh, that's it, guys. <laughs> Rise Dresden hates rich people. You get an extra two points for using the word vapid correctly in your comedy set. Uh, also, I've been to one of those rich people stores. I had a friend um, who used to really enjoy fucking men for money. And uh, one of them bought her an, a $1,200 dress on Maiden Lane, which used to, they, you know, funny thing about Maiden Lane is that's where the prostitutes used to be, like in the gold, gold rush old timey days. But anyways, Maiden Lane now, it was a $1,200 dress and it was, it didn't look, it was, it looked like you could buy it at Ross. I'm not kidding. But the best part of it is that we got in and they gave me um, Sofia Coppola uh, champagne in a can with a little straw. And like they even treated me like a rich person, even though I was just there with my friend who wasn't rich. She just fucked guys for money. But they it, they looked great with her $400 Jimmy Choo shoes. She didn't fuck them for money. She fucked them for clothing and shoes. So she wasn't technically a prostitute, I think. It was a barter system. Yeah, she had sex with them, and then they bought her nice things. I, I, don't, I, didn't under, I, don't, I never understood how she made that work. I was like, I need to get on your economy. That was Bryce Dresden, your next comedian. Hey, everybody, put your hands together. I met him the other week at the Brainwash. It's Sunaid! Yay! You want to go after Yeah. Okay. He's going to go pee, so we're going to put up somebody else. Hey, uh, this guy has a podcast here at Mutiny Radio. It's every Wednesday from 10 to midnight. It's called The Night Space, and you can buy his book on Amazon, High Time Storytime, Volume 1 and 2. You guys are going to laugh at him right now, though. Everybody, it's Arden! 
Hey Pam, how we doing? Thanks for putting me up. I uh, I left my joke notebooks at home, so I'm jokeless. Uh, no, I remember. Th- I'm not that much of a pothead. I can remember my sets. Uh, I I was a good boy in therapy today, so I got to smoke a bowl on the way over. Yeah. Anybody else go to therapy and have their parents like treat them to ice cream or something after as like a reward? Because, you know, the divorce is really all your fault, Jimmy, but I mean, at least you get some ice cream, right? Uh, I was thinking about that the other night. It's like, you know, uh, I'm I'm a product of divorce. Statistically, 58% of the people in this room are products of divorce. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, it's, it's, uh, marriage is a sham. It's all a lie. What am I doing working for a living? You know? Uh, so I quit my six figure job and I started making coffee. And uh, you're all welcome, because I make delicious lattes with my $160,000 education. What the fuck are you doing for humanity? Come on. Oh, you know? And I perfected my latte art the other day until I started weeping into it, because it's just so. Uh, it's just, the problem I've got is my customers are fantastic when you get them caffeinated, because you're all drug addicts, right? Caffeine is a drug, and I know this because uh, you come in, and you're cranky, you're irritable, you're screaming at me when I don't have coconut milk? What the fuck? When did this become a thing? Right? If you did that in an ER, they throw you out and call the cops. It's called drug-seeking behavior, people. Ah. Ah. I just, I, I, and I know you're all drug addicts because you behave like the cocaine rat in the experiment, right? Because you come up to me and you have a food in your hand and a coffee in your hand. It doesn't matter what it is. It's a food and a coffee. And I tell you how much it is. And you always say, I don't have enough. And I say, well, you, you could put either one of them back and be able to afford the other one. And you, which one do you always put back? You put back the fucking food because you're addicted to drugs. Right? I just wish you stop behaving like the cocaine rat and start behaving like the weed rat. Right? You hit the weed lever once, the food lever 10 times, go take a nap, stop being my fucking problem. <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> No, but I love being a regular average person uh, who comes from incredible white privilege. It's, uh, it, it, it's nice because, you know, I'm a disappointment to my parents, right? Because I could have been anything, right? I have a liberal arts education from a top-tier college, right? I, I could be... And, and I'm white. I could just walk in and I'd be, hey, I, I want to be uh, senator, just because. And yep, here you go. You, you get to be senator. You hate women? Yeah. Okay, you get to be senator. Uh, I, uh, here's my platform, though. If I am going to run for senator, abortion is for everybody. Everybody gets, whether you want one or not, everybody gets one. On the house. Just, just line up. Line's over there. Uh I've dodged a couple of bullets in my day. Let's be honest, you know? We've all gotten that phone call from the person after they've already gone to Canada saying, I took care of this thing the other day. And it's just like, what? Oh, oh, thanks, you know? Uh, no need to give me a heads up. I'm just I'm putting it out there. If anybody, no needs to give me a heads up. Just, just make the decision for me. It's all good. Uh, I should really have no say because I'm being irresponsible. I got you pregnant. What am I doing? You know, you let me, well, it's really your own fault. You let me put my penis inside you. Uh, which, I think, is there any coming back from fucking a magician? Just like any at all? No. Uh, I've never fucked a magician. Uh, but I, you know, every time someone orders a highball, I, I get reminiscent for the time I got uh, fucked by the Great Gatsby. You know, it's just, 
I was on living on Newegg, and he was on East Egg, and yeah, I did study English in college. The language, not 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 well, the the literature, not the language. There there we go. Yeah, I didn't study the language clearly. I did do a lot of public speaking though, uh, public speaking, and it's something I want to do. So if you've got a company and you need a face jockey who's occasionally too high, I'm I'm your guy. You know, it's it's uh, I I can get up there with best because I did I, I promoted Jurgens once. Jurgens, you know, that was a tough sell because I was the wrong man for the job. Because uh, my name's Arden, A R D I N. And if you didn't know, which no one knew, especially the guy who cast me for this role, uh, A-R-D-I-N is the masculine derivation of A-R-D-E-N, the female name. Uh, so sight unseen, they had me go into a Walmart into the uh, uh, pharmacy section and try and pass out free samples of Jergens to unsuspecting women. <laughs> and nobody wants that, right? You don't want me coming up to you saying, uh, excuse me, man, uh, would you like a squirt of Jergens? Uh, can I pump some out for you? <laughs> Can I apply some? I mean, it's just, uh, and then I'm explaining to the cop why I got three cases of this stuff in my back seat. And he, he's thinking he's either caught the loneliest man in America, the driest son of a bitch ever, or the next Hannibal Lecter. Would you like a squirt of Jergens? It's just, uh, I can't catch a break. I just can't catch a break. You know, between the latte art and the parents disappointed. It's like, I, I tried to explain it to him because my parents are in the law. Uh, all my fraternity brothers, everyone I know is in the law. Right? They're all attorneys of some sort. E even you're in the law, you know? And you'll understand this because comedians and lawyers were the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Because right? uh, in comedy, uh, or, or rather in the law, you do a lot of research. A lot of looking through case law, precedent to formulate your argument. Right, in comedy, we do a lot of research, too. We just call it Netflix and jerking off. <laughs> and uh, in the law, you got to get to the heart of the matter, the truth. And to do that, you interview a lot of people. You take a lot of depositions, a lot of talking to people. And in comedy, we just stand around in a circle, passing a joint around, talking about nothing. That's what we do. <laughs> and finally, in the law, you're making your case to the judge and, in some cases, the jury, right? Because they're your real audience at the end of the day. And in comedy, you're just making your case to your parents. Just float you one more month's rent. I swear to God, this is the last fucking time I do it. Oh. One of these days, I'm going to sell a copy of High Time Storytime, Volume 1 and 2, available on Amazon.com. Uh, you can get it through ArdenComedy.com. That's A-R-D-I-N Comedy.com. Uh, and I'm a shameless self You have to be a shameless self-promoter. Like, I work in coffee. Coffee, I mean, kind of sells itself, but until you introduce people to it, they don't really get a taste for it. Right. Kind of like my dick. It's, you know, it's, uh, you, you just got to develop a taste for it. it, 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 it there it is. All right. I was waiting for it. Thanks, Pam, for indulging me on this one. I, I know I went a little long. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll end with uh, something happy because we did do therapy today and we got all, all the demons out, all, all the nice demons here. Uh, so uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it, not a joke. This is, I've got an idea for a coffee shop. If anyone wants to VC, fund me, angel investor, whatever bullshit. Uh, Silicon Valley, you got money. Uh, so here's the coffee uh, concept, and it's called uh, Just Coffee. Right? And you go in, and there's a little counter, and I stand behind it, and there's a sign above me. And it's got three things on it. Number one, give money. Number two, receive coffee. Number three, get the fuck out of my store! Anyway, with that, my name's been Arden. You've been a wonderful audience. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin! Arden! Buy his book!
sucks so that he can be an artist. Yay! My parents aren't proud of me either. Yay! You know how we still know that he has white privilege? Because he can afford therapy. Fuck you! You can afford therapy? What kind of white asshole are you, bro? Figuring out your problems with somebody else. You pay him money. That is amazing. I would spend that money on alcohol or drugs. And that's what I would do with it. Your next comedian. Uh, I don't. I don't have a good. I don't have. He. He kind of looks straight edge to me. I have a feeling that like he doesn't do a huge amount of drugs. Am I wrong? Do you do a lot of drugs? Uh, you, you just. You just don't look like a big drug. You just don't look like a big druggie to me. But he's still gonna be really funny. So I'm at the brainwash other night. You guys gonna enjoy him so much. Everybody, Hunay! <laughs> So uh, I left the house today without my headphones, um, and I always hate that because then I have to walk around and get around town listening to my own thoughts. And it's not because I'm scared of my own thoughts, it's because I have some of the stupidest like, inner monologues ever possible. Um, I was like eating a sandwich, walking down the street, and like a squirrel stops and just kind of stares at me. And in my head I'm like, He's probably thinking I'm stupid for not hiding my nuts for the winter. And I'm like, why would he think that? He's a squirrel. Um, I once saw a video of two turtles having sex. It's like really famous on YouTube. Um, But they're doing it doggy style. So why is it called doggy style if more animals do it? And I'm like, don't all animals do it doggy style? Why isn't it just called animal style? I don't think there's like two monkeys out there reverse cowgirling in the jungle. Like, I don't think that's a thing. Um, so I'm actually pretty happy and blessed to be born and raised in the Bay Area. And that's because I've never de- dealt with like real racism. It's always been polite racism. <laughs> And so it's like, I'll be helping someone out, and they'll be like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from San Jose. Like, no, no, no. Where are you from? They look really befuddled, and I'm like, San Jose. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? He goes, no, 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 son, where are your parents from? I'm like, oh, that's a different question. They're from Russia. And at this point, they're just completely done with my shit, and they want to talk to a manager, and I get to tell them that I don't actually work here. I'm just wearing a red polo in Target. You thought I worked here. Um, so Kaiser is also done with my shit. I used to work at Kaiser, um, as like a volunteer. Um, and I worked in the newborn baby department and that means I escorted babies and their moms back like to the car and made sure that they got out safely. And one time, uh, dad in attempts to make small talk with me was like, so why did you decide to do this? And I was like holding their baby um, while he was helping the newborn, well, he was helping the mother get back in the car. And I'm like, oh, that's because the judge told me I needed more community service to commute my sentence as I'm holding their newborn. And he definitely was not happy about that. Neither was our manager, so I got fired from that. Uh, I also deal with it amongst my friends. They'll call and hit me up asking for math help and like computer help, because they assume that I'm brown, that I'm good at it. They're right, but still, like, it doesn't feel right, you know? It's like, I could be bad at this, so I tell them the wrong answer on purpose, so they stop asking me. Uh, Oh, um, so my parents are pretty religious, like no sex before marriage, no drugs, all that kind of stuff. Um, And when I was in high school, they bought me a used Kia Rio, 
which I thought was the shit because like I can finally get around and stuff. I didn't know this was like they're playing 4D chess with me because Akia Rio is a woman repellent. Like they let me stay out and my brother asked him, he's out till 2 a.m. You guys are just going to let him? He's like, yeah, he's driving Akia Rio. He's not getting laid. He doesn't have cool friends. Who's going to be friends with him? <laughs> um, that's all I have for you guys. Thank you. My name's Sunid. <laughs> He gave his time back to the room. That was really sweet of him. Uh, we hope you come back again and again to Mutiny Radio. Yay! Your next comedian. What an exciting time for all of you that you get to listen to her amazing jokes. Uh, she is a smart lady because she already applied for the third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival that everybody should do that. I can't believe you haven't all done that already. I'm just so surprised. Uh, but she already did and you guys are going to enjoy her right now. Put your hands together for Anika Dell. Yay! I don't know what everybody has against rapists. <laughs> At least they're not telling you if you're bad in bed. <laughs> I need one-liners. Um, I have a similar thing, like you, not the target one, but um, when I was um, 14, my brother was born, so he's very young, and uh, I constantly had people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're a, you're a young mother. <laughs> and I was like, at some point, I got so annoyed with that statement that I was like, yeah, you got to start early if you want to have five. And they're like, <laughs> so here's to wit. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys my bear story. You guys want to hear my bear story? I, I recently went into the mountains, the highest mountain in America, which is... In America. Oh, my God. Americans. Come on. I'm German. I know it. Oh, wow. Okay. Mount Whitney. No, 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 but like mainland. Whitney. Whitney. Well, now you know because I said so. <laughs> yeah, you just go. So Mount Whitney is like 15,000 feet or 14,000 feet tall. And um, I wanted to make it to the summit, so I went to the campground and met the ranger, and he goes, well, you got to be careful because this is a bare active area. And I was like, America, you know, fucking safety, blah, blah, uh, in a disclaimer. And I'm like, sure. So I get up at 4 a.m. I pack my backpack with all my food. And then I went to brush my teeth. Teeth? Teeth? And I come back to my backpack, which is just a couple of feet away, and I hear a noise. And it was pitch black dark. It was 4 a.m. And this is a campground. So I was like, I was like oh, should I light my torchlight uh, because I'm you know I'm German so I'm super organized and I did not have batteries <laughs> um, and so I was like okay sure I'll do it and then I pointed my flashlight right into the eyes of a fucking huge bear and I was like shit and then I remembered what the ranger had said and he had said if you meet a bear if yell at them they're timid Try to yell when you're shitting your pants. <laughs> I was like, hey. <laughs> and he like actually took off, but he took my backpack with him. And I was like, shit. And in my first gut reaction, 
I ran after that guy. <laughs> I was like, my backpack! And then I was, as I was running, like, ration comes back to my, you know, little brain. I was like, Anik, what are you actually gonna do if you catch up with this guy? Are you gonna punch him in the nose, or? So I lost my backpack. Uh, that's, uh, that's my backpack story. Do you guys like the story? Okay, good, I'll use it. So I, um, I'm from the Germany, and I, what's funny is that, um, I always thought that this country is so great. Like when I was growing up, you know, I was like, whoa, MacGyver and fucking Britney Spears and <laughs> Saved by the Bell. And I was like, whoa, this country is so cool, bubblegum. And then I came here and I was like, uh, wait, cables all over the place, you know, above ground. I was like, you guys know you can put them underground, right? Like I was like, that looks more like a third world country. Um, <laughs> Or the people who wear like white socks and black shoes. Come on, America. That's not cool. Germans do that too, so that might be a universal thing actually. Um, I feel dumb most of the time here because I don't know the things you guys talk about, like the sayings. The other day somebody goes, oh, that's what she said. They were trying to teach me that that's what she said stuff. And I totally didn't get it forever. Like I would be like, Oh, Anik, we're going to brunch. And I'd be like, that's what she said. <laughs> and my girlfriend's like, uh, what? Well, Lisa just said, let's go to brunch. So that's what she said. <laughs> that's how dumb I am. Thank you so much. Anik Adel! Anik, yay! The other day, Anik met a bear. She met a bear. Oh, way out there. The other day she met a bear. Do you know not that's do you don't know that song? It's an old camp song and then you change. The other one is um it's like down by the bay, down by the bay, where the watermelon grows, back to my home. I dare not go for if I do. Anyways, did you ever see a bear without any hair? Down by the bay. Anyways, I can't believe you saw a bear and then you've chased after him. That's really cute. Also, MacGyver, Britney Spears, and Saved by the Bell, if that is what says America now. If anyone asks me to describe America, it's MacGyver, Britney Spears, and Saved by the Bell. It's beautiful. Everybody, Anika Dell, yay! Alex, are you ready to go? He wanted to wait a little bit. Are you, is Alex still here? Is he, did he, did he? Oh, he's outside. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have our new person. Hey, guys, your next comedian is new. It's her first time ever doing comedy. That means if you're not nice and you don't clap wildly, I'll come out, I will sick a bear on you. I mean, it's going to be a problem. Everybody put your hands together for Ash Rashavon. Thank you. So I did my first open mic four days ago in Martunis. It was um, a women and queer open mic. And then I went to another open mic the same night and it was a regular one. And so in both these open mics, because I wanted to get the sympathy of audience, I said, this is my first time and was hoping for uh, pity claps. <laughs> uh, but a comic who was in both these places went up on stage and and uh, basically exposed me. He said, she's been doing this all day. She's not, you know, she's not a comic virgin. But if you go twice on the same night, are you not a virgin? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. 
So growing up, my favorite story was Ugly Duckling. Um, I grew up in a family of really good-looking people. Uh, so um, that's, the way I, that's the story I related to a lot. It's like if my mom and I walked on the street, uh, people would come up and ask, um, oh my god, you must have had your daughter when you're really young. Except they would be asking me the question. Um, uh, growing up, I always knew life was going to be difficult for people who are not very good looking. It's like if you're sexy and you wore glasses, you're smart. If you're not sexy and you wore glasses, your eyes are just fucked up. <laughs> if you're sexy um, and you were at this party where you were being shy and not making conversations, you're mysterious. If you're not sexy, then you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> if you're sexy and, and had an accent, then you're exotic. If you're not, you're an illegal immigrant. <laughs> so, speaking of immigration, I moved here to the US two years back um, through a really rigorous immigration process. Um, and then when I got here, I thought, this is it. My life is going to be great again. Uh, so um, then the most difficult part of uh, moving to San Francisco began, which was finding an apartment. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm still working on this joke, so um, yeah. Uh, so the first step is a game of trust. I was asked to submit all sorts of documents like my pay slips, my social security, uh, references from my boss, my gynecologist, my last three ex-boyfriends, uh, my Facebook password, and my uh, mom's phone number. Uh, then, I, then was the step of courtship, where I had to make an impression but not sound like a dick. So um, I, you know, I, I had to impress this my future roommates with saying things like, I'm a juggler, I like horseback riding, I speak 14 languages, but I have night deafness. I can't, have, I can't hear you having sex in the other room. Um, <laughs> despite all of this, I got rejected uh, because uh, they decided to go with someone who has a car. <laughs> San Francisco, right? Uh, so as with most San Franciscans, I work in tech but I'm really scared of being online. Um, I'm a victim of cyberbullying. There's someone who stalks me every day, uh, who goes through my friend list, who keeps asking me if I have boyfriends, uh, who, keeps, um, who keeps threatening to expose embarrassing pictures of me. I'm talking about my mom. <laughs> so, uh, but you know you have to be online every now and then when you want to get on Tinder and all that, right? So um, um, I I used to be on Tinder, and um, the one thing that I learned is when you're when when you're hungry, you shouldn't go grocery shopping. If you're desperate, you shouldn't be on Tinder. <laughs> you just end up bringing home something that you didn't really want in the first place. <laughs> like sometimes you might pick up something that's way past its expiry date. Or sometimes you might fall for false advertising and bring home something that is really shitty in real life just because they, it had good pictures. Or sometimes you might come, up, come back home and think, how did I end up with two when I didn't even want one? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have one last one. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to do, do things to live longer. Uh, so I started running recently, 
and it does work running does make your life long each minute on the treadmill feels like an hour i <laughs> uh, i've just been gaining all these extra hours in my life um so i i started doing other things as well so i self invite myself uh, to a lunch with accountants they are really interesting people or i just hang out in the dmv uh 10 minutes just 10 minutes in dmv adds like 40 hours to my life <laughs> that's it thank you so much Adrosavon ah, that was an amazing set you just did 5 minutes and that's your second time ever and you're super great you're like so smooth and i laughed really hard at your mom joke yay everybody clap again for ash yeah Come back again and again. Come on, on Monday we have joke workshop that's from 6 to 8 where comedians do 4 minutes of material and then there's a panel of your comedian peers that give you nice feedback like really, you know, good constructive criticism. Um if we're going to feed you a shit sandwich, we make the bread taste good. So it's like a compliment sandwich and the poopy's in the middle. But uh there was no poopy in your set today. Ash, yay! Is Alex back in the room? All right, your next comedian everybody. I've been seeing him at Brainwash a lot lately. Put your hands together for Alex Peony. Thank you. Thank you. Uh I'm sorry, San Francisco. Apparently it's illegal to uh shoot pigeons from your own front porch with your own gun in San Francisco. Uh, no, but I was writing. I was writing at my desk. I have a desk. Um, <laughs> a bird slammed into my window. I don't know how funny that is. No, but uh, I was starving, right? And uh, no, but the other day, uh, what I was saying was. Uh, that uh, I, I was starving, and I found this. Uh, You got to commit to the bit, right? Commit to the bit. So luckily I found this dead bird on the ground. And I so I headed over to the vet, the veterinarian. And I showed him I said, "This is my pet bird Wally. He's uh he's sick." And she said, "Get that dead bird. Is that a dead bird? Get the, get it the hell out of my office." You know? <laughs> Thank you. God damn it. Got some chuckles from the, but the thing was they have free dog biscuits at this veterinarian. So I was taking two handfuls and I said he's just scared to death of getting his shots. That's why he's acting like this. He's one of my dearest friends. So I took off their suckers there. Their suckers get their suckers aren't they giving away free dog biscuits? I'm only going to do a few minutes stay. I'm only going to do a few minutes. I'm only going to do a few minutes. I just want to talk about my pet bird Wally. <laughs> I I first time I walked in here, I thought it smells like patchouli of, or something like that, like I was going to a Craigslist interview. No, no. That's a throwback. Thank you. Thank you. Uh All right. No, the Koreans, all right. It's we're going to fucking no they they did nuclear tests of of some sort underground or something but the worst part is they have psychic abilities have you heard the <laughs> no my brother he worked at a fracking oil field 
he worked at a he used to work at a fracking oil field and he was telling <laughs> excuse me <clears throat> he was telling me about no i was telling him that i <laughs> i know this is we're working it out working it out <laughs> i was telling him right about the stuff I read, they were lighting shit on. They're lighting the water that comes out of the faucet on fire. They could light it on fire because of the fracking leakage, the minerals and, and proteins and stuff. <laughs> See, and he said, "No, the worst part is we put gluten. We put gluten in that shit. So it's terrible for the people with gluten allergies." Thank you. Give it up for your hostess and everybody here. Gluten allergies aren't real. Yay! I believe more in uh, conspiracy theories than I do in the in the gluten theory. Got to be honest. Alex Peony, everyone, yay! Dead birds, hooray! Your next comedian. He has a show here on Mutiny Radio every Sunday from two to four called "Let's Watch a Full Length Movie" on YouTube with your next comedian, Mike Spiegelman. Hi. I'm going to, just for the people listening, I'm going to just thank everybody who's here. Hey. Hi. Good set. Hey, I'm doing good. Did you go up yet? No. I appreciate you being here. Wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Yourself, you did go up. I I plan to. I have just arrived. Are you ready? Sure. I like that. (laughs) I'm going to watch your set. Did you go up yet? What, did you kick ass? Yeah. I tried. She did. I, yeah. Well, what's very funny about you is that you say you have a very legal thing you want to say, but legally you can't, and then you never get to it anyway. So I thought that was very funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, there's 16 more people if you're listening to the podcast. Hey. Yeah. Can you get it off your phone? Appreciate it. Hey, what's up? You're a young couple. Oh, you're not, you're not dating? Are you going up? You're not? Can you take your shoes off the stage then? Thank you. Am I right? Other people I spoke to, that's so rude. What about you on the phone? Get off your phone. All right, who else do we have here in the audience? Oh, we have children here, which, oh, I can't do my uh, anal sex jokes. No, there's a, obviously there's an uh, a underage kid here, so I, I would feel awkward to bring up anal sex. All right, there was no kid. I have a lawyer in the room to confirm that. No kids. The lawyer agrees that was a joke. My attorney uh, nodded her head. And everyone else witnessed that? Can I have a moment with my clients? Yeah, please. You want to come on stage? Oh, hang on. I'll come over here. I want to, I'm recording this just in case I turn. Uh, hey, my name is Mike. I do have my joke book on, on stage. It's because in case I think of a joke on stage, I'm going to write it down. So it's very important to have it. Comics, of course, they write their hands. I'm gonna get, oh, you know what? I haven't even addressed this side of the room yet. Are you here for the, you're here for the eight o'clock show, but you wanted to stay and watch the six o'clock show? That's great. Wow. And then you want, no, there's no show at 10 o'clock. I don't know what you can do. All right, I'll tell you what. Why don't we bring on the comics from the six o'clock show? We could do a 10 o'clock show. And then the 8 o'clock show can do a midnight show. No, you want more? This is imaginary uh, conversations going nowhere. 
Oh, did I tip my hat? Uh, my name is Mike. I do. Uh, I have a notebook, a joke book. I have a, a diary. I, I'm. I keep a diary, and it's actually rewired the way I think. Uh, I'm a lot more focused. I remember a lot of things. In fact, all I dream about are the things I wrote down in my diary. You know, which makes my dream journal redundant. Just like see the diary. By the way, according to my diary, I killed. And you guys were a great crowd. Except for that couple in the back, am I right? Guys, you can't drink here. All right, um, we were joking, right? Yes, yeah, so that was the second voice, that was a joke. I think that's a great idea. I think, uh, I think I should really actually put some effort in comedy so I could go on the road with an attorney and we could just do an act. And I'll just say, I am telling anal sex jokes to underage children. And my attorney will say, it's a joke, no? Objection. Objection, yeah, I lied. <laughs> All right, now it's going off in weird directions. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind touring with an attorney. Okay, so I'm gonna check my joke book because I have a joke I wrote and I would love to tell a joke on the happy hour. Wouldn't that be great? If uh, it was happy. So I don't like, people always say that uh, porn was better with plot. And I think that's, actually plot is so disgusting in porn. Like for 70s porn, you look at Behind the Green Door, which is about a guy in San Francisco at a diner having breakfast. And the Mitchell brothers come in and they tell this guy about this crazy sex act this uh, woman in the audience had with nuns and trapeze artists. And I'm like, that's gross. That guy's trying to eat breakfast. Can't you talk about something else? Can't you wait till at least he's finished his coffee? All right, I'm Mike Spiegelman, sucking up oxygen. I'll keep going. Keep going. All right, sorry. Anyway, I'm back. This is my second act. <laughs> I don't know. I, only, uh, I don't really think about my actual act or the show itself. I'm just thinking about the next set. And on a Friday, you know, I just came from the brainwash. This is my second time doing happy hour here at Mutiny. Then I'm gonna go back to the brainwash. Uh, inside baseball, people. But I, I actually do uh, open mics. You know, the thing about stand-up is that you wanna do every, you wanna perform everywhere. And I actually, uh, poets, the spoken word comment, uh, spoken word uh, poets and stand-up comedians, open micers, they don't really like each other. It's this weird mesh. How are you, sir? Oh, I appreciate it. We have chairs. Are you a, a poet? Uh, sure. Okay. Well, this is a joke, right? I have my attorney here. So there we go. So just so enjoy yourself. Uh, legally, this is all in jest. I'm, I'm familiar with jokes. I will do my best, sir. All right. I'll sit right over here. This is not a stick for whacking people with. Okay. That's good, because you're also walking around with a noose. But that's all right. <laughs> well, it depends how you look at it. Is it the leash to your invisible doggy? Correct. I love that. So I, uh, poets, like, because when I, when I did comedy, I would always try to get as many sets in as possible, and I would go to the open mic, uh, 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 spoken word open mics, and you have to, like, kind of pretend like you're a con uh, poet, and I'd be like, hey, uh, what's up with Costco? And they're like, uh, uh, 
That's not really a joke because the the reason why I'll tell you I'll, listen I'll tell you the reason why poets and comics hate each other when it comes to open mic nights is that comics are like cockroaches. All right, the moment one cockroach gets into your spoken word open mic, next thing you know there's like a hundred thousand cockroaches signing up. Poets poets would be like, hey, who wrote the name who wrote their name at the end of my poem? I did. I thought that was a sign up list. Well, how come there's like four other names? Dude, they're coming. They're coming. They're doing a brisk, a funeral, uh, 16th Street, BART Station, uh, Brainwash, Muni Radio, and then they're gonna come do a set here. And the other reason why comics hate uh, spoken word poets, and I got the light, is because they're not funny. But I think we should uh, drop that, see eye to eye, uh, come to a truce, and fight our real enemy, Acoustic Guitar Night. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm name redacted. Mike Spiegelman! That's right. Join up and fight the acoustic. You know what's worse than acoustic guitars are those fucking bitches with their dumb ukuleles. I'm going to redo a Smith song on a ukulele and I'm going to sing it with a high voice. And you're all going to love it. Uh, Brainwash actually used to have a spoken word poetry night. That was Mondays. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, no, you can. I didn't mean. I didn't even recognize. I mean, you, you. But you also. You also can fight fascism. So that's yeah, nice. That's. Do you do comedy guitar or just like actual uh, guitar? I, I guess I just do guitar. Oh, all right. I can say something funny before I play. Well, uh, if you'd like to go up, we can have you go up after this next comedian. He's new to the room. Sweet. Well, this comedian is new to the room, so I think he's funny. He, I, I just looked him up on Facebook. He works at a comedy place somewhere not in this town, so he must be traveling. Or I'm so excited that he found us here at Mutiny Radio. Everybody, put your hands together for a new guy, Derek Tussing. <laughs> right on. Thank you, guys, and thank you. That was a pretty... Pretty starring intro there. I feel good about myself, and I haven't even said anything. Um, yeah, she's right. I am traveling. I regularly uh, would be telling jokes in the Dallas area. Work for Hyenas Comedy Club. Oh, little plug there. Check it out if you're ever in Dallas. Anyway, let's try and be funny here. Um, uh, I said this... Uh, out loud while alone in my kitchen earlier this month. Oh, I know there better be some more graham crackers left in here. Turns out there were. And uh, you're not really supposed to get that worked up over snack foods, guys. You should prioritize. Um, I know we've probably all heard the phrase... uh, no reason to cry over spilt milk. I think about that and I'm like, well, why the hell not? Dairy is expensive. <laughs> and in fact, it's more expensive than gasoline per gallon. And I think if you're looking at a guy just like dump gas out on the ground, you might as well be crying. So like, fuck it, cry over spilt milk. Get it out, man. And... What the hell are you going to dip your graham crackers in if you've spilt all your milk? I think you should just think before you speak. That, you know, 
It's a phrase I like to try and live by. Um, let's see. A friend of mine once, actually, while I was pouring a glass of milk, she made the observation that uh, we are the only mammals that continue to drink milk past infancy. And she's like, don't, don't you think that's odd and strange? And like, well, no, not really. I mean, we're the only mammals with cookies. <laughs> It just, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, <laughs> thank you, guys. Um, you know, although that observation I did not learn much from, you can, in fact, you know, learn a lot from women, guys, if you'll, if you'll just open your eyes, you know, pay attention. And one thing that I've learned personally is um, just... Don't look directly at vaginas. <laughs> Just don't do it. I feel like, you know, you could take a peek if you want, whatever, but direct eye contact. It's not a good thing. You know, it's not like a movie trailer. You're not going to, like, peek in there and, you know, it's going to... This summer, Derek Tussing, boldly going where... Hopefully some only moderately sized dicks and... Small medical devices have gone before. Uh, <laughs> this is a cool room, cool, a cool group of people. Um, this is my first time in uh, San Francisco. Literally, I made it here like 20 minutes ago. It's been interesting. Um, Sticking around for the 8 o'clock show. Hopefully there's some funny dudes and women rolling in on that. Um, what else do I want to tell you guys about? Um, so I've never, uh, I've never been known uh, for solving mysteries. Um, but uh, if you had an extra joint and some scoopy snacks, uh, I could take a look. Um, I do, I do enjoy marijuana on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. One of my, uh, one of my favorite times to smoke it actually is in the shower. Um, if you haven't treated yourself to such an activity, I thoroughly encourage it. Um, once though, I, uh, stepped out of my shower just specially torched and, uh, I look over to the shelf to my right, have my clothes over there, and uh, I proceed to put my pants on, you know, one leg at a time, as we've all been said, is the way that goes. And um, here I am, I'm about three-fourths the way up uh, on the first pant leg, and I've come to discover that I have forgotten to put my underwear on. And I'm standing there, looking at the underwear, Looking at this one pant leg. Looking back at the other one, I'm like, I can figure this out. I'm a smart guy. I'm strategic. It's gotta And then it occurred to me that if you're contemplating strategies to put your underwear on for more than twelve seconds, like it's likely you're too stoned to be going into work. <laughs> um I don't know how long I've been up here. I didn't really prepare a set. I think that's going to be it for me. 
Uh, thank you guys so much. I've been Derek Tussin. All the way out of Dallas, Derek Tussin. Yes, he's as white as a glass of milk. It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Very funny set from him. Yes. Well, hey, guys, we have a special uh, guest tonight. He's got a guitar. It says fascists suck on it or something to that effect. Hey, guys, put your hands together for this acoustic guy. Yeah. General Mark D. Johnson of the People's Republican Army of the United States. I was sent here from the past to fight fascism, homelessness, ironically, and um, bad grammar in America. It's, it's a fucking uphill battle. Look, I'm willing to concede this on the grammar thing. That building with the books, L-I-E-B-E-R-R-Y, library, that's what everyone fucking calls it. Also, the word whom, do not use it. If you use it correctly, you sound like a pretentious cunt. Other than that, shrunken white, read it. Right, about the fascism thing. Um, you may not know this, but in Sacramento, they're worse fascist cops than they are here. And here's a funny story. They chased me with a helicopter. And when they caught me, they said, why were you running? And I said, this is a direct quote, I was running because you were chasing me with a motherfucking helicopter, officer. Why were you doing that? And he goes, we heard someone said you were brandishing. <laughs> and I said, this is another direct quote, that's a mighty fine verb you got a hold of there, son. But I'm pretty sure it is not a crime. What was I allegedly brandishing? And he said, I don't know, probably a knife or something. And then they uh, wrapped me into a pretzel, told me they weren't hurting me, faggot. And I'm like in my mid-50s. I actually know when people are hurting me. And I'm not gay, although my fingernails are screamingly bicurious. <laughs> Here's a song about fascism. This is uh, my latest attempt at this. They keep stealing these from me. These fucking cunts. The homeless people, the cops, the building dwellers, all of them. They just love to steal from homeless people. And they love to ask them, why you got so much stuff? I don't have any fucking stuff, you cunt. My stuff's all over the sidewalk. That's why you think I have so much stuff. I was just moving it, sir. Don't ever look fancy people in the eye. I'm not gonna bother tuning, fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you fascists, you may be surprised. People all over this world, getting organized, you're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. Look at all you fascists bound to lose. All you fascists bound to lose. 
You're bound to lose, you're fascist bound to lose. Well, race hatred cannot stop us is one thing I know. You poll tax and Jim Crow grieve, they gotta go. You're bound to lose. You fascist bound to lose. I said, all you fascists are bound to lose. All you fascists are bound to lose. You're bound to lose, you fascists bound to lose. Well, people of every color marching side by side, marching across the fields where a million fascists died, you're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. All you fascists are bound to lose. Fascists are bound to lose. You're bound to lose. Your fascist bound to lose. I'm going into this battle. Take my union gun. We'll end this world of slavery before this battle's won. You're bound to lose. You fascist bound to lose. They're all you fascists bound to lose. All you fascists bound to lose. You're bound to lose. You're fascists bound to lose. Cunts. That's great stuff. Yay. The only kind of fascism I like is when, um, you know, it's it's super helpful. Like, let's say that let's say that. Well, I this is my one fascist thing that I believe in. So I feel like you sh- if you have to have a license to drive a car, you should have a license to have a kid. Now people go, well, what happens when people have a kid? And you get to take a test. And if you pass that test, you get a special license. You get to have a kid. And if you don't pass, you Agreed. get fifty hours of free classes. And there's a teacher. Agreed. It's a job creation thing, and they teach you how not to put a baby in a drawer when it's crying. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But the thing is that if you and if you've had like, you know, three abortions within a year, I feel like you should get like a Depa Provera shot and Guido comes to your door and he's like, knock, knock, knock. Are you there? And then just gives you the shot. So then you have like automatic birth control or that we systematically give reversible vasectomies to all boys when they go into puberty. And then they have to take a test when they're in a committed relationship to say that they want kids. May I add an addendum? Ooh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my addendum would be if you believe that an invisible man lives on a cloud and cares what happened in your day and whether you get fucked in the ass or eat pork, you're clinically insane, you can't drive a car, you can't um, speak in public, and you really need a nurse with you at all times. Yeah! Well, and that's, uh, that's our, I think you were talking about our president, weren't you? <laughs> Good. Fuck that guy. I love America that we get to say fuck that president guy. That is just, what a, what a joy. That's, that is great. My, my teacher, on the back of my thing, look at this one. This is great. It says, you're fired. I'm fired. That's what that one said. Well, my yeah, good, good thing. Yeah, we are, at, we are in season one of a four-season term. And uh, wow, you know, the, the ratings are in, and I think it's better than Survivor. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to survive, but uh, send in a tape. Are you running for president? That's exciting. Get it in the microphone, because we're on the radio. Talk about your presidency. 
Why not? We I'm got not time. President, it's the Socialist American Non-Elitist People's Party. It spells Ooh. Sane People's Party. Uh, my platform is uh, being a slumlord is a crime. Uh, poor people need housing. Private property is a crime, really. You sound and like a Marxist to me. I'm a Trotskyite socialist, and yeah! my hero got killed by that cunt Stalin, who was worse than Hitler. But my hero said this about fascism before Stalin had an ice pick stuck in his ear. When he was doing what? He was in Mexico City organizing factory workers like a fucking socialist should be. Huh. Right? So um, he said this about fascism. The only way to uh, convince a fascist is to introduce his head to the pavement. Oh, curb stomp some fascists, everybody. Punch a Nazi in the face. Uh, no, not Nazis, because Nazis were just fascists who hated the Jews. There's not many of those left. Right, right. So fascists are, there's a lot of American fascists, and Americans don't really know this because they're not taught this history, but their country came into World War II very late because all of the rich people and the Irish and the Germans and the Italians did not want to join England and Russia's war against the Germans. Huh. Most of the rich people like Prescott Bush, W's grandpappy who had to get told by Congress to stop funding the Nazis. Uh, right, the he, eugenics program. They were all big on the eugenics program. They uh, moved yeah, over to the honestly, Nazis. Don't look for the don't look for the little, the little stuff. The big stuff is right, right the there. The big in front stuff's of right there. Absolutely. I mean, Charles Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic to do what? Get an Iron Cross from Hitler in occupied Paris. Wow. He started something called America First, which is what Donald Trump was talking about. Yeah. America well, first. make America great again. It already is great. You fascist and weirdo. Henry Ford, by the way, who had the lovely motor cars and shit. Um, did give Hitler his best idea, which was the Volkswagen, but all of his bad ideas about the Jews, they came from Henry Ford. Interesting. Who, uh, at every Ford dealership, had a thing called the Dearborn Independent. It was a newspaper that he edited. That was the first thing in English to translate the uh, Protocols of the elder of, Elders of Zion, which was about how the Jews drink the blood of babies and shit like wow. that. Wow! Yeah, he, witches too. They said witches drink babies' blood too. Behind Hitler's yeah. desk, there are two signed pictures. One is of Henry Ford. Really? Who also used to shoot his workers. R. Ford. That's that guy was. Aldous Huxley, R. Ford. Read Brave New World. Uh, thanks for You should come on my show on Wednesday from noon to two every Wednesday. I have a show called The AltaCast, and it's a news with a socialist bent. We do news I every love week. That. We do news from Drug Policy Alliance and Narl Pro Choice. Well, what I wanted to talk to you about, and since I'm on microphone, well, why not just talk to you about it now? Well, we, uh, but we're going we're gonna to close this up so I can have a break before okay, my next take show. A break but then, darling. You're but you should very hard. come to my show on Wednesday at noon. Yes, I will do that. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much for singing your song. And uh, screw fascists. Do yes, we have, do we have any them. more comedians tonight? That's yeah. it. Yes, we did it, everybody. We, we finished We finished the happy hour. We're going to take a break for a half hour here on Mutiny Radio, and we're going to be right back with the 8 o'clock show on Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse, which is decompression. I've been to Burning Man. All of the comedians on tonight's show have been to Burning Man. That's me, Chris Volker, Travis Doughty, Matthew Quirk, Annette Mullaney, and Marty Cunney, all making you burners laugh. Those of you out there that are uh, listening, I'm, I'm pretty much just going to make fun of Burning Man because I can't afford it anymore. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great night. Uh, enjoy Asada Messiah, who's been playing in the fills this entire time. This is their new album, Cross Contamination. Thanks again for listening to Happy Hour and everything else on Mutiny Radio. Bye bye. Come on, girl. Bring your knife up high and cross contamination.
happens if the manager won't give you the diamonds? When you're dealing with a store like this, they're insured up the ass. They're not supposed to give you any resistance whatsoever. If you get a customer or an employee who thinks she's Charles Bronson, take the butt of your gun and smash their nose in. Drops from right to the floor. Everyone jumps. He falls down screaming, blood squirts out of his nose. Freaks everybody out. Nobody says fucking shit after that. You might get some bitch talk shit to you. But give her a look like you're gonna smash her in the face next. Watch her shut the fuck up. <laughs> now if it's a manager, that's a different story. The managers know better than to fuck around. So if you get one that's giving you a static, he probably thinks he's a real cowboy. So you gotta break that son of a bitch in two. If you wanna know something he won't tell you, cut off one of his fingers, the little one. Then tell him his thumbs next. After that, I'll tell you if he wears ladies' underwear. I'm hungry. Let's get a taco.
That was the Partridge family's Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted, followed by Edison Lighthouse's Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes, as Kay Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s Weekend just keeps on trucking. Such a silly woman Put a lime in the cooking 
This is your Strawberry Shortcake read-along book. Every time you hear this chime, it means that you are to turn the page in your storybook. Now we are ready to begin our adventure into the land of fun. Open your book, and we will start the story of Strawberry Shortcake's Day in the Country. Remember, when you hear the chime, turn the page. The sun was beginning to peak over Sunday Mountain when Strawberry Shortcake heard a knock at her door. She had been up very early baking little berry cakes. Who could that be? She wondered to herself as she opened the front door. Standing on the top step was her best friend, Blueberry Muffin. What are you doing here so early in the morning? Asked Strawberry. Blueberry Muffin told her friend that she didn't want her to forget about what was going to happen that day. Strawberry Shortcake began to giggle. Her laughter soon filled the little strawberry cottage. Why are you laughing? Asked Blueberry Muffin. <laughs> strawberry Shortcake stopped laughing and said, You know I would never forget about our day in the country. Look, I've baked all these berry cakes for us to take on our picnic. Strawberry Shortcake had finished filling the big basket with the delectable sweet cakes and then told her friend, Escargot is waiting for us. She bid her cat custard goodbye and they were out the door into the sunshiny day. Look, said Blueberry Muffin. Escargot is under the strawberry bushes. Hello, Escargot said Strawberry Shortcake. Escargot looked up and said, I'm all ready to take you for a ride into the country. Jump into my little red and green wagon. We are going to have such fun. We are, said Strawberry Shortcake. And don't forget we have to stop by Huckleberry Pie's house. I remember, said the little snail. After the two friends were comfortably seated in the wagon, Escargot began to pull it down the road. After they had gone a little way, Blueberry Muffin called out, There's Huckleberry Pie's house. He's waiting for us. Good morning, Huckleberry, said Strawberry Shortcake. Good morning, everybody, said the smiling little boy. I'm all ready for our day in the country. Huckleberry Pie hopped into the wagon. When Escargot saw that he was safely inside, he called out, Next stop, the country! The wagon had traveled only a little way, when who should come running up the lane but Raspberry Todd. Wait! Wait for me! She called out. Escargot stopped the wagon. Strawberry asked, Raspberry, is something wrong? No, she answered. But I didn't have a ride to the country, and I knew you wouldn't mind taking me with you. <laughs> with those words, Raspberry Tart hopped into the wagon. Oh. Good morning, everyone, exclaimed Raspberry Tart. 
Everyone nodded and said, Good morning to you. This is going to be a wonderful day, she said. I just know it is, because how could it be anything else since I am here? <laughs> the wagon went on and on. They rode past Sunflower Market and into the valley past Strawberry Soda Brook. Soon they were in the country. It's so pretty out here, said Strawberry Shortcake. It certainly is, added Raspberry Tart. Escargot cried out, There is Plum Pudding's farm. We have to stop it for him. As they pulled up in front of the farm, Plum Pudding ran out and said, Good morning. Is everyone ready for a day in the country? We are, answered Strawberry Shortcake. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs>